Welcome to the Healing Gardens podcast, produced and distributed by Healing Gardens Community, an online platform where gardeners can make income by sharing their healing and therapeutic gardens with the local community. I'm your host, Farmer Rishi. In this podcast, we explore the healing power of gardens, from their ability to provide us with delicious and nourishing food, to their miraculous powers to help us to recover from difficult situations. Every episode, we interview gardeners, researchers, and activists, learning how people are using gardens to heal and how gardens are helping heal the earth from centuries of colonization and destruction. This week, our guest is Michelle Matthews, the executive director of Arlington Garden in Pasadena. And I've personally known Michelle for, I think last time we were talking, we said it's been a decade or more, which uh, is pretty mind-blowing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Arlington Garden, you know, what I can say about that beautiful space in Pasadena, it is uh, it's one of my favorite gardens to go to in all of LA and in just the, the depth and the structure and the, the you know, just an incredible diversity of flowers, incredible, incredible diversity of plants, but also just like the design where there's, you know, they've created all of these intimate gathering spaces, use a lot of beautiful materials. Um, and this, it's a really, really wonderful space to be in. Um, so thank you, Michelle, for, for joining us. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about you, what you guys are doing at the Arlington Garden and uh, your hopes for the future. Thank you for having me. So uh, to start, you know, if you could just give, a, give our audience a little bit of an introduction to Arlington Garden and your work there and, and maybe how you got involved. So Arlington Garden is a two and a half acre climate appropriate garden in the middle of Pasadena. We are built on Caltrans land. So this particular site was meant to be a part of the 710 freeway construction. And that uh, has finally been uh, put to bed, I guess, so it's not happening. And uh, the garden was founded in 2005 by Betty and Charles McKinney. They moved next door and Betty said she didn't want to look at an empty lot for the rest of her life. Mm. So the garden is designed by Maita Dinos and it is a truly unique space because it is a traditional garden but built by the community. So the, the only reason why we're here is because of the involvement and participation of a very active group of neighbors who volunteered and you know donated a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to really grow this incredible space. So we're small, um, but we have about 400 trees. Wow. And I don't know how many plants we have, but we have a lot. <laughs> of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I became involved because I was working with La Loma Development, who did the dry stack broken concrete and the berms and swales. And I met Betty and Charles in 2008. And then Betty contacted me um, three years ago when she had cancer and asked me to help her uh, with taking over the legacy of the garden. Mm. So she passed away 
uh, and both Betty and Charles passed away from cancer, unfortunately. Oh. And I've been the executive director now for three years this uh, July. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, the Arlington uh, is kind of an interesting space in terms of, you know, like what you would consider a botanic garden, right? So like normally you think of a botanic garden and you got to pay for entry and then there's like these different, you know, there's like the Mediterranean garden and then there'll be the Japanese garden and, and the, the uh, Australian garden. And that's not really the format, I guess, of Arlington, right? It's, it's free and open to the public. You can kind of come, come in whenever you want. You can hang out and relax. Like what was the, what was the intention behind that, that setup? And, and, you know, how have you seen that impact the community that you operate in? Well, you know, the, the garden was an empty lot for about 45 years. So there was nothing here for 45 years. It was, there was a mansion, the mansion got destroyed. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, 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 the neighborhood lore was that people would park here to go to the Rose Parade because we're very close to the Rose Parade route. People would park on the property. Park on the property, yes. And the, and this, the, the soil was very, or there was no soil. It was basically, you know, dust. Um, it was very compact, compacted, almost like DG, decomposed granite. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I think the idea that I have, the vision for the future is that there should be an Arlington garden in every community. And, you know, we're not um, built or designed like most public parks or green spaces because we have a lot of things that would probably not be designed the way that a park would be designed. We don't have restrooms, for instance, um, but we would like to somehow um, incorporate a, an office eventually um, so that we have like an urban ecology center. Um, but you know, over the past 15 years, I think that the garden has definitely improved the quality of life for the community and neighbors. We, there's a lot of elderly people who live around here who have condos who don't have gardens or, you know, their own private yards. Mm. Um, the garden is heavily used by the community. Um, it's, it's always busy. It's popular here on the weekends. We stayed open during the pandemic. We are closed during the pandemic um, on Tuesdays just for the safety of our gardening and horticultural staff. Okay. Um, but, you know, we've, one of the things that gardens do is they reduce heat island effect. Uh, it's cool in the garden. It's going to be a hot week, weekend, a hot week. So, like, I'm sitting in the shade. It's very peaceful. It feels good to be here. So, you know, I think a lot of people don't really realize like the common sense value of having gardens, which is it reduces heat island effect, increases sh shade. Um, it, we garden to, to encourage habitat and biodiversity. Mm -hmm. and, and so you'll see whenever you come here, there's a lot of diversity in terms of wildlife, but there's also a lot of diversity in terms of people. So I think, you know, we're a, we're a healthy, happy garden in that regard. So I, I think we've, 
we've brought a lot to this neighborhood. And, you know, when people realize that we're only 15 years old, after walking around here, you know, most, most folks are like, oh, wow, I thought this has been here for, this has been here forever. Oh. And it's because, yeah, it's because of all of the, the uh, regenerative gardening principles that we have implemented, you know, since the beginning. Mm -hmm. or try to at least <laughs> yeah no i i mean it's it's almost like uh it's almost like a, a public park in a sense right i mean yes. it's not run by the government but it's you can use it as you would use a park in your neighborhood and i think one of the amazing things about it is it this garden kind of redefines or gives you a new vision for what all of our parks could be right like we imagine you know the i know the park in my neighborhood it's like there's 90% lawn. There's some yes. trees that are suffering on, you know, that are holding on to life on the edges. And, you know, there might be like uh, some pull-up bar and, you know, a little baseball diamond or something. And it seems like, you know, the park is like, uh, it might be a place for sports. It might be a space for, you know, maybe someone's using a pic using it for a picnic now and then, but it doesn't, you know, Arlington Garden, it's like, it's like this whole other experience of a public garden, right? You can, you can really, you can see, it's, it's designed for you. It's very inviting, I would say, like, it wants, it's like you go in there and you're like, yeah, oh, I want to sit down in this little nook they've, you've created and I'm under the shade of trees. Just like you said, like, I mean, I would not have expected that at 1 p.m., you volunteered to take this interview in the garden because it's probably like 95 degrees out there, but uh -huh. you're in the shade of, we can see the canopy of trees behind you that you're sitting in the shade of. So it's this totally like different space, right? Like Yes. Yes. And, and, and I remember coming here, you know, during the, in the spring um, and it was so vi vibrant and amazing. And I just felt like I'm, I am in an urban enchanted forest <laughs> you know and i just thought how lovely and wonderful it, it was to be here so i love coming here yeah it's really a beautiful space and and also what you mentioned before about just like the the diversity of birds and diversity of butterflies and i know like when, when i come in the spring the wildflower bloom is just incredible um you know can you compare that to for us for our audience to to or maybe compare some of your management practices. You, you talked about this, you know, regenerative ma management practices. What do you guys do that's different from, you know, a public park or even mm -hmm. other botanic gardens? Well, I mean, starting with the berms and squales we did in 2008, um, we, you know, slow it, spread it, sink it with the water. Um, we did a lot of water catchment because, because there is a quite a steep grade here. It goes about 30 feet from the uh, west part of the garden to the east part of the garden. So the, and because the soil or the dirt was so compacted, uh, the water would just sheet off into the street. So trapping the water and keeping it on site was really important. You know, we planted, planted um, small, planted in the fall, planted climate appropriate plants. Right. Um, and, and I think, you know, like you said, Maita Dinos' design uh, 
which I, I'm pretty sure she went through several different iterations before she, she got to the design that she did, really captures the feeling of a Mediterranean gar garden, a formal Mediterranean garden on one side and then a California garden on the other side. So we're, we are trying to, you know, um, over the years we've had different, you know, crews and teams. Um, right now we have an amazing director of horticulture, Lee Talmo, Mm -hmm. and 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 her knowledge and her understanding of of gardening is is really key um you know i i think that there's a, a big shift going on and hopefully it might take a little while but i feel like there's this really strong investment in what i call the um uh lawn industrial complex <laughs> it's uh you know it's about a billion dollar a year industry um, lawn agriculture in this country, you know, in, in, in Los Angeles, I think about, uh, is it 80% of our water is imported right. and we use about a third of that water on, on landscaping. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we save water, um, by being, we, we conserve, you know, natural resources by using less water. Mm -hmm. Um, and, we also, I guess I'm, I'm losing track of the question, <laughs> but we also, um, you know, by, by providing shade and habitat, um, we're just ecologically beneficial in that regard. And, and, and it's a little weedy sometimes, you know, we had a lot of, of uh, rain late in March, which was a little unusual for us. And I think, but I think, you know, because of climate change and because of, you know, you know, given our current situation with the pandemic, uh, we're really going to have to look to local solutions and looking at empty lots, looking at, at parks, looking at, you know, our homes and, and, and lawns and what are we spending our natural resources on. Right. You know, and, and, and I, I really love what Vandana Shiva said about gardens of diversity. Gardens of diversity everywhere. We need gardens of diversity everywhere. And, and, and I feel like um, people really need to understand the significance of, of how gardens of diversity really help to improve the quality of life, help, you know, healing the land, healing the landscape, by, by, like you said, decolonizing it, getting rid of monoculture, not putting chem chemicals into our watershed, you know, those like, you know, putting chemicals into our, into the ground and putting chemicals into the earth is just like putting chemicals into our body. Right. So if we, if we don't want to, you know, put chemicals into our body, why are we doing it and putting it into the earth? Right, right. I, and I, I want to point out here, just while you were talking, we were hearing the the bird songs in the background, and, and that's so typical of Arlington Garden, right? Even in the middle of the day, there's there's so many birds there. Uh, but you know exactly what you were saying. Uh, so many of our our landscapes are just managed with pesticides and and you know overwatering, and we're watering plants that don't really give anyone a sense of. Uh, uh, belonging, I would say, like you know, yes. and 
you know, I have such immense gratitude for Arlington Garden in that, like, you're providing people a space, an outdoor space to go to where they can feel uh, like you know that there's not Roundup being sprayed there, you know that you're going to find shade, you know that there's going to be flowers to smell, you know that there's going to be birds to listen to. Like, uh, it's such, it's just such an incredible space. Um, how have you seen, you know, how do you see the community? using your space like I've, i mentioned before like you know you go to a regular park you know you're either exercising you're playing sports uh but how do people use arlington garden what do you see people doing oh we have a lot of people who come here to gather meet friends um you know we've had uh, a lot of a lot of people who come here to take photos um that's one of the ways that we make money is through photo per permits and photography just to control the use mm -hmm. uh we have had um, weddings and events here in the past um, and we're trying to think about how we can do that with the pandemic and keeping people safe and social or physical distance right, right, um, right. but you know a lot of people bring their children here um, they you know walk walking in the neighborhood just stumble by it it's it's kind of an unusual place so a lot of times people say oh I've, I didn't realize what that was I just drive by it all the time Mm -hmm. um, because we do look kind of like somebody's like front yard, maybe. <laughs> um, there's not really a big sign that that says Arlington Garden. Um, and there there was talk in the past about putting a fence around it just to kind of keep it um, safe. Um, but I think you know for the most part we we have had you know vandalism and damage, and we've had people steal things and. Um, people steal rocks and people steal plants and people steal furniture <laughs> so you know you'll see stuff is tied down yeah. um, but for the most part you know I, I, I think that 99% of the people who come here are just using the garden and enjoying the garden and 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 for me you know the the importance of public open space of of spaces of community for people to meet your neighbors you know, I think those are so critical to, I guess, human happiness and, you know, building community and culture. So I, I really hope that we can be an inspirational model for people uh, across the nation to say, I would like to create a garden like Arlington in my community. Yeah, you guys are almost like, uh, it's like a modern urban commons yes yeah and, and I, I love what you said about uh you know you have yeah you could put up a fence but isn't there a lot more it seems like there's a lot more security in having the community have a lot of buy-in in your space having the community know that the space is for them and then and yeah of course there's going to be a little bit of you know vandalism or theft but overall you know it's probably it's it's better and it's probably cheaper to not worry so much about the security and worry more about how you can better serve the community that you're in. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, since the quarantine has started, you mentioned that uh, the garden has remained open for for pretty much six days a week, right? Yes. Uh, how have how have you seen? I mean, have you had a chance to talk to some of the people that are coming in? during the quarantine and what's, you know, have, have they said anything about their experience and 
you know, what it means to them to be able to access, uh, you know, an incredible garden space like Arlington during this difficult time? Uh, you know, actually, I haven't. I should. I I usually don't come here on the weekends just because it's it's busy, and I feel like it's you know, uh, to give people an opportunity to use to use the garden. Um, so I I should come here and ask. But I mean, I know for me, I you know, I bring my son here. I have a seven year old, mm -hmm. and I don't have a a garden. I have I live in an apartment. Um, so for you know, even for me coming here during the pandemic was really um and has been very grounding and uh it's been super helpful in terms of keeping me focused on yeah. you know the positive and also just feeling good and and getting out of you know my fear and dealing with my anxiety over this um i want to say unprecedented uh, situation that we're all experiencing right right yeah I, I i mean i feel the same way it's like uh you're kind of sitting sitting inside on the computer doing your work and you know reading the hearing about the news and uh and you you do you get this you know sense of anxiety or panic and, and when you can go outside in the garden and sun's still shining birds are still singing butterflies are still flapping and plants are still growing you know kind of at least for me what I'm what, what it the feeling it gives me is like oh okay like life's still going on you know, exactly like, I think and that you know and I and I feel like you know if people are lost or they are like looking for you know uh ideas in terms of how to remain inspired and how to uh you know, kind of keep their head on straight during this time. It's like, look at the earth workers, look at the growers, look, you know, talk to the gardeners, like the people who are, you know, support them, learn from them. Hmm. And, 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 and I think that that is a critical uh, way to connect. If you feel disconnected, you know, connect with somebody who is connected to the earth or just do it yourself if you can and, you know, volunteer and, and help or just start your own garden if you have the means or, you know, just su support even, you know, providing support, buying from local growers like Rishi and support nurseries and, and support family owned businesses, not the home despot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you you you, br you bring up actually something that's uh, that's very something that through healing gardens we're really trying to to just put out there, which is um, that you know that these these gardens you know people have this idea of this nature that's out there, right? Or or even if you go into a garden, like I'm sure if people when people come to the Arlington, they just assume that this garden just existed, right? Like right, magic. Just, <laughs> it came about by magic, right? Right, and, and they kind of, we, they underestimate, people underestimate the importance of the role of people in creating these gardens. And I think people underestimate themselves and their power to create these kind of spaces, right? Absolutely. So um, I'm trying to make this like a question that I ask everyone <laughs> on the podcast here. 
And I know, I know you're not necessary. Your your the garden is not managed by one person. It's managed by a team, and and uh, and everyone on that team has a role. So, what do you see as your role in in the garden that you've created there, and and how do you continue um, to offer the garden nourishment, and how do you how do you receive nourishment from the garden? That's a great question. <laughs> I think I. I think I, I offer nourishment to the garden by always having my director of horticulture's back. <laughs> so supporting her in terms of how she wants to do, how she wants to garden. I think that, you know, she's got over 40 years of knowledge and know-how and, and I respect her a lot. So she and you know and i i came to the conclusion that you know she's um she's over 65 she's had breast cancer and she was you know she's been very concerned with the pandemic and so you know for me i feel a responsibility to her i feel a responsibility to my staff volunteers board the community the people um the people who have really put the work into making the garden what it is yeah. and 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 i think lee really understands that sometimes you know you have to like leave things alone yeah. and and i i think a lot of times people you know humans get so caught up in the idea that we have to always be like doing stuff yeah. and we always have to like put our hand in, in something or mess with it or just to maybe feel like utilitarian or feel like we're doing something or making a contribution. Right. And sometimes you just have to like leave it alone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, and, and I hope, and I hope that, 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 you know, our vision or my vision for the garden in terms of, of, of creating, you know, transforming the landscape and creating more climate appropriate gardens everywhere um and just spreading the i guess spreading the love in terms of helping people understand the benefit of beautiful gardens that are ecologically sound that are um you know sometimes a little weedy but yeah. that's okay it's going to be it's like what i was like i you know i say weeds are not going to kill us <laughs> That's true. but everything else will <laughs> you know roundup will um and and how do you receive nourishment from the garden i want to hear your answer i mean just by being here yeah i i i, I keep on thinking that i, I want to garden too but then i um i haven't got there yet <laughs> i will soon but i just you know by being here um being present just walking around and uh, and seeing it, you know, every season. Um, there's always something changing, growing, yeah. dying back. Um, yeah, so I, I feel just by being present in the garden gives me nourishment for sure. Beautiful, beautiful. And 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 that's I think that's you know an important and underestimated way for that people um like that's just being in the garden it, it is so important right and it's an important way to participate in the garden it's just to to be in it, be there and observe and, and really that's the beginning 
of becoming a gardener is just yes. seeing what's happening. So you're definitely on your way, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to give you some time to talk about your the fundraiser that you guys are doing right now and your goals uh, for that. And I know you have some uh, some products that you're you've made from your from the garden yes. that you're selling. So we um, one of the ways that we we raise money for the garden is we make our own marmalade. So this is our sweet orange marmalade. We have a uh, orange grove, a Washington naval orange grove, mm. and with about 40, over 40 trees, and the, um, we harvest them every year. Last year, we harvested about 3,000 pounds. We worked with Food Forward, donated uh, 2,000 pounds to other nonprofit organizations, and then we made uh, the marmalade with Ewaldo Ward, which is oh. a local company in Sierra Madre. And, and, and then, where, where can people get the marmalade? Well, <coughs> they they used to be able to get it here on Tuesdays, but they can get it at um, Armstrong Nursery in Pasadena. And then we might start shipping it. So okay. we'll we'll see. Yeah, but Armstrong Nursery, Jones Coffee, um, Homage, which is a store in Pasadena, Griston Toll, which is a a flour mill, um, the Gamble House, and Heirloom Bakery in South Paso, kind of like a lot of local stores. We might be in Bristol Farms too, hopefully soon. Oh, cool. And and I'm gonna I'm making a commitment here that I'm gonna make it available at our our nursery in Pomona. So Yay. Get it from us too. Thank you. And, and uh, then yeah, tell us more about your fundraiser. And then the, the crowdfunding campaign is is uh, going until September 14th or so. Uh, we received a $50,000 matching grant. So you can go to our website, arlingtongardenpasadena.org and click on the little circle and that will take you to our, our crowdfunding campaign. We're just trying to match um, you know, right, we're just trying to raise $50,000. So every donation helps. Uh, we have a, an amazing uh, poster by Margaret Gallagher. It's an 18 by 24 inch G clay poster. Uh, it's, exp it's expensive, it's $500, but it, it covers the cost of, you know, we pay, we pay the artist and we also are paying to have prints made. We're working with, um, which I can't think of their, their name right now. We're working with a local company um, to do the prints and we're very excited. She did this custom uh, poster for us. It's so beautiful. I love it. It's, it really captures the essence of the garden. So, you know, we're, we're trying to come up with creative ways to give people rewards, um, but then also just uh, support the garden because it's, I tell you, it's not, you know, a moneymaker having a free garden. <laughs> it doesn't you know charging you know thirty dollars uh per person on the weekend would not be i guess uh a way to keep it i guess it would we, it would make more money but <laughs> it wouldn't be what we are which is free yeah yeah so, <laughs>
and uh, and it, um, could you let people know how like where is the garden and how can oh, they, yes. when can they come visit? And, so we're open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day except for Tuesdays during the pandemic. So once the pandemic is over, we'll be um, open on Tuesdays again. Our address is 275 Arlington Drive in between Pasadena and Orange Grove. Uh, there's residential street parking because we are in a residential neighborhood. And there are no public restrooms, um, unfortunately. So just keep that in mind when visiting. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Okay, okay. Um, any la anything else you'd wanna share about the garden? Any, any final words you'd wanna say uh, about what you guys do or? Oh, just, I think, you know, we're looking at the next 15 years and what's in store for the garden. Um, we're, we are trying to acquire property uh, there are empty Caltrans homes that are across the street and and to the north of the garden that we're looking at to see if we can do an Arlington Garden Creative Urban Ecology Center where you know a place where people can come and learn about urban planning learn about gardening learn about um, you know how a place like this came to be <laughs> so that's kind of our 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 next big step, I think. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be so awesome to have. Uh, well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to let everyone know that uh, Arlington Garden it is going to be up on the Healing Gardens platform uh, soon, uh, when we when we launch, and we're gonna you'll be able to get photo permits uh, through the platform, possibly rent spaces for birthday parties or little gatherings. Uh, so we're working with Arlington right now, uh, trying to help them develop the ways that people can use the garden and uh, and hopefully get some income for you guys to support what you're doing as well. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you again, Michelle, for for joining me and uh, everyone who's listening. Uh, tune in again for our next episode in two weeks. Thank you, Rishi.